Can you see beneath the surface of where the air meets the waves, this dividing line of lands, land creatures and those of the sea? A fourth wall. A fifth wall? Who is the viewer and who is being witnessed? Dive into the ocean of sun rays beaming down through the ripples of the water. As you fall closer and closer to the earth, through the stratospheres, the layers of life, the oxygen amasses. Where will you land? Who will you meet? What journeys will come about? Do I have anything? <laughs> Is this you? Ian has a writing also. From the self, beyond the self, a collective consciousness, the interconnectedness of all beings, universal frequencies, love in its purest form of frequency, energy, our capacity to awaken compassion, clarity, seeing the goodness and light in ourselves and the universe. We inherit the deeds, the trauma, the gifts of our ancestry, but spiritually and morally, we can be binded, traced, overcome. I mean, he was so lucky to be given... Okay, this Rancho Deluxe... It's Bug House Square. It's Tuesday. It's uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. And uh, everything seems to be working. This is, is going to be great. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Well, what's going on? What's going on? We're um, well, uh, we're we're deviating a little bit, um, but it's gonna it's a love show, and uh, I, it's Black History Month. But I've done I've. Has he gone? I'm, I, I need, I, I need, uh, I need to, with the love, I need to like go, I need to go everywhere for the love tonight. So that's what it's going to be. Rainy night down in the engine house. Sleeping just as still as a mouse. Man come along and he chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that, a vigilante man.
Why does a vigilante man Why does a vigilante man Carry that sawdough Shotgun in his hand Would he shoot his brother and sister down I rambled around from town to town I rambled around from town to town And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land. Today, don't play the game of time. 
Forget the night That's all I'm dreaming of And now you call it madness But I call it love You made a promise to be faithful stars above and now you call it madness but I call it love my heart is beating it keeps repeating for you constantly
that this person like you the cluelessness on that person's face was such that they weren't from here you could just tell I also could tell because he was using whatsapp to communicate with her like that's fucked up you left your foreign friend at a BART station and told him to go to the next stop when the next when I was on the Antioch train the next one was the Dublin Pleasanton train so that's um not going to the same and place, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to the same place. Well, fuck that guy. Uh, hope he didn't get laid that night because it was a male and female situation. 
hope if they were married that he was divorced. But no, I don't. My point is, <laughs> uh, that I do have actually, I do because he kind of. Oh, the worst part yeah, was I, I that he really he was talking like he made friends on on the, like, the train. Uh, the first time I had sex and uh, he made friends on the train. I just stood there, and like, he was talking to them like it was her fucking fault. Like what? Like obviously. Like obviously, she didn't know where she was going and, uh, because he had to tell her next stop. Now, now obviously that's true. Myself. So if a girl wants to hop on yeah. top of me, I just tell her, hey, okay, get ready it. for a bumpy I ride. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really have had like horrible skin in my life. I even had a summer where I couldn't sweat. And I feel like I was like the first person with monkey thoughts. Because what would happen when I heat up, suddenly I get this rash, I get covered in bumps, you know, it's super itchy, so I'm just sitting there itching myself. You know, I can't sweat, obviously, to cool down. Outlive Roe v. Wade. Soon. Okay. 
and I am so old that I've probably swallowed some of your siblings. By the way, your dad was great. Mm, you're welcome. Because I'd be, you know, that, that whole program, I'd be, I'd be, I believe in doing field research first. So it does work out, gentlemen. If you feel like I'm talking too much about cocksucking, I want you all to know, don't worry about it. Anytime. Just meet me after the show. Speaking of current events, are we excited about our new racist overlords? Are we excited? I know I am, yeah. And I feel like instead of being a comedian, I could have done something thoughtful with my life, like becoming um, a marketing manager, coming up with new products. So I came up with for a new scent, for a new fragrance for the American condition. The first one is called White Woman. You gotta say it like that. White Woman. Our tagline is always in fashion. Gentlemen, I don't want you to feel like you're left out because there's nothing worse than a man with FOMO. If you're seeing that, I got one for you. It's called Entitled. Not winning over the men tonight, am I? That's okay. That's okay. I've faced worse. I've faced worse. But you know what? I feel so close to you guys now, and I want to share with you a fantasy of a boys' camp that never was, but could have been. Thank you. In Lake Putitinmi, Wisconsin. And we would gather together, play with balls all day long, slide into home over and over again. And we'd gather in the mess hall of Camp Put It In Me and sing the theme song, and it goes something like this. <clears throat> oh, love you, put it in me. Put it in me every day. I love you, put it in me. Put it in me all the way. On your shores, put it in me. I am yours, put it in me. Put it in me every gay. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, or gentlemen, I'm Brady. How are you doing tonight, boys? Yeah, I would like comments. Okay, anyways, I uh, just got a PS5. Uh, they're in limited supply right now because there's a supply chain issue, so it's really hard to get them right now. Uh, when I got the package, it came attached with a severed arm. So I, I wonder. I wonder. I kind of wonder what the story is like behind the package I got here. Um, let's see. I I got a PS5 mostly because I wanted because. Uh, I'm not spending enough time with my friends. Like, I flake on them in the real world a lot. The, the problem is I don't really like the games they play, so not only am I flaking them in real life, I'm also flaking on them digitally too, you know? I'd much rather play Spider-Man than Call of Duty. Dude, that game gets me pissed. Anybody else? Yeah. 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 Incel right there. <laughs> um okay let's see where uh you know uh i've been spending so much time with my ps5 that it's pretty much just become like my girlfriend you know 
I spent so much time and money on it, and I got it shipped from a warehouse to me for like $500. Pretty much like a girlfriend. Uh, you know, because of how like how limited it is and how expensive it is, it's kind of become like a designer item, like Jordans or like a Tesla. So, so I've been flexing it a lot on Instagram because I'm not very humble. I think I flexed my PS5 more than I've flexed my actual college diploma that also came in. All right. Ugh. Let's see, what else do we got? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I got into a heated argument with my barber recently. Um, uh, while he was cutting my hair, he was explaining to me because uh, he was religious. He doesn't believe women belong in the workplace. They should just stay home barefoot and in the kitchen. I told him, I told him that I disagreed and that a bunch of women have jobs and are mothers. And we... And it got so heated at the end of the haircut, he he was like, it's going to be $30, even though he always hooks it up for 20 So at that, that point, I looked that man right in the eye, and I was like, you know what, man? You are right. Women belong, in, women, don't be, women belong in the kitchen. Can I get my discount back? Ugh. I stuttered on that last fucking joke. It's okay. We're just practice session. If... If my jokes don't land, it's because they're new, and also because of the crowd. Just blame it on the crowd every time you don't do well. Uh, <laughs> okay. Ugh, wish I had a mic, but it's okay. I'm I'm loud as fuck, so it doesn't matter. Uh, only Ian can hear me. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's he's heard me do stand up for like as long as I can remember, so don't come to my shows. Anyways, uh so I work at uh Pete's in the morning in the tenderloin, and then I also work in the at a as a dishwasher at a comedy club in the financial district. So I'm dealing with the poorest in San Francisco and at the richest at the same time. And I got to say, I think the poorest are a lot easier to deal with. Yes, they're a little erratic and unpredictable, but they don't fucking talk down on you ever. They don't talk down ever, all right? Like, the, the homeless, they're, they're nice people. They're just really misunderstood. Yeah, they're erratic, but the only bad thing about the homeless people is just you got to remind them when and where the right place is to jerk off. Other than that, ugh, whatever. That's my time, everybody. This. There's no mic.
control for you, bitch, be pregnant. There's no hiring bias against women in tech. They just What's up, everybody? I'm, uh, I'm really disappointed in people because of how much pollution we've let there be in the oceans. I think it's really upsetting. But you want to know who I blame more than I blame the people? It's the fish. Because we keep giving these fish water bottles, and they never really use them. Like, they might drink half of one, and then they'll just leave it sitting around. You do that a few times, yeah, there's going to be some pollution. There's also going to be some clutter in one's living space. That's just what happens. Like, I just think they should put a little bit more effort in, you know what I'm saying? Like, the difference between me and the fish is when my room gets a little messy, I don't just die. <clears throat> I, uh, I think I definitely believe in a woman's right to her body and access to safe abortions. I don't think there should be any debate about that. But at the same time, I have to admit, I do think that life absolutely begins at inception because that is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. And that fucking ruined that joke. Um, okay, awesome. We got, we got a microphone. God is real. God is real. Uh, I'm just going to move on to the next joke, I guess. Uh, I can tell I have hypochondria, and it's getting a lot worse. Because uh, I had some broccoli in the fridge that had been in there for a questionable amount of time. And I was going to Google how long broccoli lasts in the fridge, right? Because I didn't want to die. And right after I typed in broccoli into Google, the first autocomplete suggestion I got from Google was broccoli symptoms. I didn't know you could have symptoms of broccoli. I didn't know that was a condition you could have. Um, I started out worried about the vegetable and ended up worried about the disease, which I didn't expect that to happen. Um, there is a happy ending, though. I did go to the doctor. Uh, we did some scans. Turns out I have been broccoli-free for a while. Um, I cried tears of joy when I found out. The doctor said, uh, he said, no, seriously, you sh should probably eat vegetables a little bit more. Uh, what else do I got? Um, if you walk into a store like Whole Foods or like most grocery stores now, you'll see chicken that's labeled antibiotic free. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but I find it weird. These chickens had like just a few days left to live. And instead of focusing on an escape plan, they decided to take a stance on antibiotics. That's, I don't know, it seems a little weird priority-wise. <clears throat> Anyone here ever buy tickets on Ticketmaster? Yeah? Ticketmaster gives you five minutes to check out or else your cart expires. Five minutes, and the clock starts ticking as soon as you start. I think Ticketmaster looked at the ticket process and said, how can we make this more like a tense drug deal? Like, yeah, I got T-Swift tickets, but you got five minutes, and then after that, you got to get the fuck out. But I think it's more brutal when time runs out with Ticketmaster than it is when time runs out with a drug dealer. When your time runs out with a drug dealer, you might get shot. But when your time runs out with Ticketmaster, those tickets, they get scalped. That's a little bit more violent. All right, I got one more. So I'm from the South, and uh, one difference I've noticed in uh, between baptisms in the South and baptisms in San Francisco is that in the South, when you get baptized, they ask you, do you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior? 
But in San Francisco, they just ask you, have you learned how to code yet? And they wish you good luck. That's it. That's all I got. Rowit Chama, everybody. Thank you. And we have uh, Scotto on the ones and twos, helping us with the board, soundboard. Now we're back online. And thank you for Ian for helping and Jared. We appreciate it. Thank you. Your next comedian coming to stage, give him a warm welcome, please. Ian Langlands. Thank you, everybody. I'm a good luck charm. I know he did it, but I'm going to take credit for it working, okay? Is that okay with you guys? What's up, mutiny? Give me something. Okay, we're here, we're present. Uh, anybody grow up in California, California natives? Anybody? No one? Yes, yes, yes. I can't remember. Was it a fever dream, or, or did we have to do the mission project in fourth grade? Do you remember that? you remember doing that? If you're not from California, uh, the California schools, they had a bunch of little 10-year-olds build concentration camps. That's basically what it was. They've been doing that for like 40-plus years, and not one teacher in the entire California Unified School District thought this was a bad idea. It was the mission. That's what the missions were. They were made to force Native Americans to convert to Catholicism. And I had that shit on display in my house for like 10 years. Everybody that came over, my parents were so proud. They were like, look, Ian built San Luis Obispo. He did this all by himself. He built that fence and that cage and that whipping post. Didn't he just do such a good job? I love the added detail of the dead Native American. That really brought it together. And like I'm so young, I'm so young at the time that like I was proud of my mission, you know? Like like it was like a sports team. I was like, fuck San Rafael, okay? We doubled the amount of Native Americans we forced to convert, okay? Get on our level. It's like a sports team. Those Spaniards, they get away with shit though. We still have streets named after the Spaniards that went through California and did all that fucked up shit. It, it, the Confederate guys, they get all this shit, but I think it's because the Spaniards have Hispanic names. So people might just think they're famous Mexicans, so we don't change anything. They're like, Junipero Serra, I think he played the drums for Santana. I think that's why we have that street named after him. Just a little on the same topic. I, uh, I, uh, I, I love 420. 420 is my favorite holiday. 420 is my favorite holiday because it's the only holiday that is associated with weed. And I like that. Because every other holiday is associated with alcohol in America. We drink for every other holiday. But 420 is great because it's, it's for weed. And I feel like we should, we should stretch weed's arms a little bit. We should associate weed with a new holiday to like update it a little bit. Like Thanksgiving, wouldn't that be fun? You should get stoned, eat some turkey, hang with your family, put some can of butter in the pumpkin pie, fucking send grandpa back to Vietnam. It'll be interesting. <laughs> like, I think Pop Pop finished the dessert. He's in the corner like, shh. Charlie's in the Brussels sprouts. Oh, that'll be cool. And alcohol is every other holiday. Americans will drink, we, we just drink for anything. We don't even care what it is. Every holiday, Halloween we drink, Fourth of July we drink, New Year's we drink. I was, in, I was walking through Golden Gate Park one time and these dudes were going crazy, had this insane party and I walked up, I'm like, what are you guys celebrating? And they were like, Arbor Day. I'm like, I guess, Arbor Day, that works. 
Americans, we, we'll take holidays that we have no business celebrating just to drink for them, too. Like St. Patrick's Day. What, what even is the origin of that holiday? You could have told me the origin of that holiday is a bunch of Irish people getting blacked out on Jameson, and I would be fooled. I would be fooled. I think it's a conspiracy by Irish people to just not feel guilty drinking one day out of the year. That's what my theory is. All right. That's all I got for today. Thank you, everybody. Ian Langlands, everybody. Your next comedian coming to the stage is Hunan, Hunaid Shakur. Did I say that right? I'm sorry. Almost. Okay, give it up. Hey, my name is Hunaid. Uh, my white name is Nate. Um, uh, it's important to have a white name so I don't get into a spelling bee at Starbucks, even though I'd probably be good at it. But when I give them my name, they give me that same look. They're like, what? Did I just get back to third grade? I got to learn how to spell again. Um, I moved to San Francisco during the pandemic because I heard a bunch of people were leaving. And I like my landlords like I like my women. Desperate. And just like uh, on a date, I came with a list of requests, you know, just to see what I could get. I was like, I'm only paying half, and I want access to the backyard. Not because I like the backyard, just I wanted to see if I could get access to it. And I heard it's not that great unless you could bring your friends. Um, so during COVID, I decided to move in with my girlfriend. And we got to spend a lot more time together. We did a lot more things together. We both decided to grow a beard. Hers looked more like yours than mine. Um, but we also got a brand new bidet. And I don't know why I specified it was brand new. We weren't looking for a used bidet. That'd be weird. But I really enjoyed it. I still u I use it all the time. Even when I don't need to, I'll just go turn it on and use it and sit down and think. But I told her, I was like, hey, it's really awesome. You should go try and use it. And she tried it. She came out. She's like, mm -mm, nope, don't like that. And that's when I realized I probably wasn't going to get the birthday gift I was hoping for. And I said that to her, and she said, but it sounds like I'm going to be able to give you the birthday gift I was hoping for. Um. So racism seems like it's making a comeback. It's Vogue again. Um, thanks. Um, and at my company, they're trying to push like a DEI diversity initiative. They're trying to get more diverse hires, more Europeans in there. Um, and they went around and they were like, hey, we're all trying to fight racism. Why don't we go around and say something we do in our personal lives to fight racism? And it got to me and I said, well, I've been fighting racism for 15 years. I've been dating white women. And it's not because I wanted to. It's because I had to. Because early on, I realized that I was really good at converting racist relatives. So it changes the way you date someone. Because I'd be with a girl, and she'd be like, hey, do you want to come over? And I'd say, are your parents over? And she said, no. I was like, then no. Call me when your racist uncle is over, and I'll be there. Um, I also got to spend a lot more time with my gay housemate during COVID, um, which is weird. It sounds like I'm bragging about being more woke than you, but I'm not. It's just I'm way more awake because he's very loud. And during COVID, we decided to go 
on a target run together and he pulls up into the vet spot and i know for sure that this guy has never served in the army not because he can't but because he would never wear camouflage because he likes to be seen so i confronted him i was like yo you never served in the army and he said Junaid, i served in the gay army and i didn't really have anything to say to that except you know i'm happy america has one army that knows how to avoid a messy pullout Thank you, Hunaid. Thank you. Your next comedian coming to the stage is Brian John. Everybody give it up, please. Come on, guys. Hey, everybody. So I got a STD test recently. I went to Dignity Health because I figured even if I had tested positive, they would let me keep my dignity. Um, but, like, seriously, is there a... Like, is there a humiliation health or something where they tweet out your test results? Like, the results are in. You have herpes. That's fucking gross. At Brian. There's no cure for herpes, but it is tweetable. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh, the other weekend was my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary. Um, that's okay. You don't have to clap. Um <laughs> But on, I was rushing to get out in the morning, and um, my girlfriend was like, you know, you can't show up to this thing empty-handed. And I'm like, you're right. Grab the Nintendo Switch. This is going to be boring as hell. It was. Um, I like Nintendo. Nintendo's a courageous company. You know, they confronted prejudice in 1998 when they released the first Game Boy of color. <laughs> But I don't think Nintendo could never get away with releasing another Game Boy, like another gendered, misogynistic, handheld console. What the fuck were they thinking back then? I think they tried to make up for it with, the that's why they called the, the latest console the Nintendo Switch. I'm pretty sure that's, that's what happened there. Um, but yeah, at, at my wedding anniversary, so I, I have this little cousin. He was running around, and he was trying to make the cat eat faster by pushing the cat's head into the food bowl as it ate. I just can't wait to see how this kid treats women when he grows up. They're not like that. I, I mean, I, I kind of like picture them out at dinner, and he's like, honey, the movie's about to start. You better finish your tapas. And then he like pushes her head into the plate and holds it there. Like pushes it more. <laughs> I have this other ridiculous cousin. He's he's older. Um, he's kind of like this dumb, sheltered kid. And um, so my family's planning our first big, like, post-COVID vacation. And he asked if on our vacation, if we could take a Chinese food airline. So like, I was like, what the fuck is a Chinese food airline? But apparently this kid had, uh, like, flown Air China once. And he thought it was like some kind of a joint project between uh, like Panda Express and Delta Airlines or something. He's like, dude, you got to try it. Everyone else on board was Chinese. That's how you know it's good. Can we ride in the three item section next time? <laughs> Did you guys hear it? So um, th this is real news. San Francisco, in San Francisco, they're uh, launching, an organization is launching the world's first bad trip support hotline. This is a number like you can call if you're having a bad time on drugs um, and, and they'll try to help you out. But I mean, imagine they're going to be like pretty overwhelmed and like it, what's the automated dial they're going to be like? It's like, like, thank you for calling the bad trip support line. If you have, if your friends have turned into bugs with insect faces, you can press one. So 
like or or maybe uh if blood is if you think blood is coming out of your ears press two blood is actually coming out of your ears please hang up and dial 911 if you're calling on behalf of voices in your head and they know their party's extension they may enter it at any time if numbers have like lost all meaning then just stay on the line all right <laughs> um yeah, uh, and I found out um, any beads or anal beads, if you put them up your ass. Thanks. Thank you, Brian John. All right, give it up for your next comedian coming to the stage, Dorian Trong. This crowd got great hair, by the way. And it upsets me. I uh, I think we should give uh, drugs to homeless people. Like all the drugs. I don't really buy, uh, you know, the idea that drugs are the cause of homelessness. Like I think with enough drugs, drugs could be the solution to homelessness. I love drugs. I um. I love it so much, I think everybody here should just do drugs and then uh, die. Because that's as good as life's going to get. You know, like, what's, the, what's your alternative? Like, going, getting out here and getting a real job and then going home and being upset at Amber Heard? No. Just do drugs. I was, uh, I was high, I was getting high with a friend the other day and she said something incredibly stupid to me. She said, um... I think the world would be a better place if we gave everybody a baby that they the day they turn 18. I'm like, what? No, it wouldn't. We'll just have a bunch of single moms with two babies. All right. I um. I think it's weird that uh, women are starting to say weird things like, "I I want a man that goes to therapy." As if we're not capable of going to therapy, we thought we needed it, you know? And I don't know where this like excuse came from. They're like, yeah, men don't go to therapy because of stigma. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think, I think if men cared about stigma, like the world would be a better place, you know? Like there's a stigma to public masturbation, but every like public transit comes pre-installed with like just a pervert, just <clears throat> You know, doors open, you just see him there. You're like, hey, man, what about the stigma? No, I don't know. I know, dude. It just feels too good. But yeah, I um, I just think like maybe men like don't go to therapy because we uh, feel it doesn't work for us. You know what I mean? And we, we guys, maybe we know the solution to all our uh, emotional trauma, right? And just maybe the answer is... uh. Pussy, you know, not a lot, just a, just a little bit, and uh, our lives will be better. I um, I don't really like online dating. You know, what I mean, I feel like uh, the ladies' profiles aren't very reliable. You know what I mean? Like the filters and shit, and they like always seem to be able to like leave out the most important information on their profile. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like I went, I was on a date, I was on a third date with this lady, and um. She told me she was getting a divorce. I was like, what the fuck? You don't think you should put that in your profile? 
Instead of like, my love language is physical touch. Fuck that shit. But I can't blame them. Like, women, like, lie about their looks on uh, dating apps. But men, we lie about our essence. You know what I mean? I don't do any of that shit I put on there. You know, that hiking trip, once a year. You know what I mean? You know that wine tasting picture? My ex took that picture. If I was honest about, like, who I am on the dating apps, it would just be, like, me eating meat out of a can, just every picture. So, <clears throat> but whatever. We're all playing the game. We're all liars. All right, that's my time. Thank you. Dorian Chong, everybody. Thank you. Your next comedian coming to the stage. Where is he? There he is. Newman Shake, everybody. Come on, give it up. I'm already making people laugh. That's so cool. Uh, okay, um, a little bit about me. Uh, I used to be a Ross security guard. Yeah, it's a real job. I can see you smiling, you know. Yeah, and no, I used to be... I used to, you could tell I was a Ross security guard because you took one look at me and you are like, yeah, this guy looks like he protects $5 purses for a living, you know? Like, that's that's the vibe I get. But no, I like, I like working at Ross because I would steal so much shit while I was working at Ross, you know, and my, my manager, she'd be like, Newman, you're doing a horrible job as a security guard. And that was the nicest thing she ever said to me. Because from a certain perspective, she wasn't like insulting me as a security guard. She was just complimenting me as a thief. And I think that's way more useful. Yeah, I had a lot of older coworkers while I was working at Ross, which makes sense because, you know, it's Ross. But one of my coworkers, he was like, you know what the problem with your generation is? You guys are too entitled because of your participa participation trophies and stuff. Which was weird to me because, like, back then, they used to give everybody a house, you know? Like, that's what, like, I, I would, like, I would melt down all my participation trophies for an affordable mortgage, like, right now, like, easily. All right, what else do I want to work? Oh, um, all my roommates speak Spanish except me. So I've been saying shit like, this is America. We speak English here. Yeah, and it's really weird because all my roommates are white, except me. So, like, I don't even know if that's racist or if I'm just, like, pushing for inclusion, you know? that's Okay. What else is there? I hate having an old iPhone, dude. I have an iPhone 6, and you guys could tell because I worked at Ross. Okay. I feel like women should hook up with more homeless guys. Because, like, homeless people, like, they're guaranteed to last longer. Because if you bring a homeless guy to your place, he's just going to, he, he's going he's gonna to want to stay inside as long as possible. You know, he's, okay, that one works. Cool. I, um, I have a weird relationship with my parents. Like, uh, my mom had me when she was 20. And I realized it's going to cause a lot of problems down the line. Like, I can't put my mom in a nursing home. Because I'm just going to see her there, like, in 10 years, you know. So that's not, okay. Um, also, my dad, me and my dad are kind of weird. Like, um, I told my dad, I'm like, I kind of want to major in computer science because, you know, I want to be a stereotype. And he was like, Newman, you can't be a stereotype because you're too stupid to be one. And that, yeah, I don't know if that was inspirational, but okay. I, um, I just don't know that left. All right, last joke. Um, favorite Christmas movie is this a 2001 Tim Allen movie called A Christmas with the Cranks. 
And I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's basically this movie where Tim Allen and his wife, they decide to go on a cruise and start celebrating Christmas. And their entire neighborhood gangs up on them and forces them to celebrate Christmas anyway. And the reason why this is my favorite uh, Christmas movie is because it's also my favorite horror movie. Because as someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, the idea of my entire neighborhood gang up on me and forcing me to celebrate Christmas is fucking horrifying, you know? Like, if you put Tim Allen brownface and uh, call that movie Christmas with the cons, that would be my get out, you know what I mean? All right, thank you, guys. Newman Shake, having Christmas with the Cranks. All right, everybody, give it up, please, for your next comedian, Jay Stewart. Thank you, thank you. Let me turn this guy on here. Just a second. Perfect. All right. How's everybody doing? Good? Yeah. yeah I'm excited to be here at the majestic legendary mutiny radio station radio station station right yeah that's what this is called this is a radio station right yeah um what was i gonna talk about uh how do i how do i not have it open to the right spot okay i uh was listening to a podcast and this guy brought up occam's razor and um to be honest, I kind of thought it was like a little douchey thing of him going, well, like if you apply Occam's razor and uh, whatever else he said, I kind of tuned it out as soon as he said that. I was like, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know what that is. So I should probably, I know it's like a thing, but I should look it up, you know. Um, apparently, so uh, the razor, so there's like other. It's called a type of philosophical razor, which I looked this up on Wikipedia. It's a type of philosophical razor. So that means that there are other razors out there, other philosophical razors, but potentially philosophical aftershaves and philosophical anal douches, which I thought kind of inspiring. Maybe I'm going to, you know, maybe there could be Jay's anal douche but it's talking about some philosophical principle right i could be that guy um <laughs> i uh i did look it up like what like what it is right so uh, is anybody with the uh, familiar with the term of like uh if you hear hoofbeats you think you don't you think horses you don't think zebras right has anybody has everybody heard that term no yes yeah. Okay. It, has anybody not heard that term? <laughs> this is the first time I'm doing this. I'm just trying to like feel out what a crowd would. No, you haven't heard that term. It's like in medicine, and it's like somebody has a fever, and somebody, and one of the doctors is like, "I think it's like this really rare, like one in a million chance that you have this like crazy ass disease," and they're like, "Or." It's the flu, right? You hear hoof steps, it's a fever, and you think a zebra, but they're saying, think, so that's Occam's razor, though. So they're saying out of the realm of possibilities, try to pick the one with the least assumptions there. So I was trying to apply this to my life, like, especially with, like, why I don't have any friends. And, uh, like, so I, uh, you know, it could be a couple possibilities, right? I'm like, 
Wow. Okay. Um, it could be a couple possibilities. Like, uh, you know, one, I'm just like annoying and come off too, too strong. What's my third one? It's that I smell bad. Um, or most likely just everyone hates me. You know, I'm a nihilist. Like, like nobody gives a shit about me, but I being a nihilist, like I, I enjoy that. Nobody gives a shit about me. I love that. I love that. I don't know. The, the punch isn't still worked out there. Okay. Um, you know what? I think that's my time. Give it up for your host. Dave Stewart, everybody. Thank you. And I believe we just have one comedian left. Is that Jason? That's you? All right. Give it up, please, for Jason King. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Give it up for Lauren one more time, everybody. Can only do it one more time. I just have a bunch of ideas I want to try. If that's okay. I um, I was chilling with another comic, and uh, he was like, "Do you think that rappers, like early rappers, felt bothered by the fact that they were like sampling old music?" And I was like, "Probably not. You know, it'd be it'd be weird if they were concerned about stealing music, but then got in the booth and started rapping about murdering people." <laughs> yeah. Like, just get in the booth, and it's just like, I'm going to shoot your top off, but I don't steal music because that's wrong. <laughs> Crazy. All right. That one's okay. Um, what do you guys thought, like, how do you guys think people perceived people with disabilities before they understood what disabilities were? Right? Like, <laughs> like I imagine it would be pretty pretty interesting. Like, you just you just see someone that's like, carrying himself around on the ground. <laughs> Everybody around is like, that guy must really like grass. <laughs> that would explain all the moaning. He's just down there orgasming. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. That one's fun. Um, what the fuck is this one about? Uh, I feel like we're too, well, no, I don't feel like, I just, I know we're too dependent on China for like the stuff they make us like, like, one, like their COVID lockdowns are like messing up all kinds of like supply chains right now. And I can only imagine how bad it would be if we went to war with them. Because they'd have to send us all the guns. <laughs> you know? All right. I, know, I thought it was clever. Um, I, feel like, uh, I feel like a lot of guys get mad when they see like, uh, like women will ask for equal rights, but not necessarily, not necessarily be super gung-ho about like getting drafted. You know, but I don't think anybody wants equal rights, right? Like I would like cops to also shoot me less, but the big dick stereotype, that's only for the blacks. You know? No, no one else is allowed to get that. Um, I, I, I spent too much. There was too much of a delay and I think I ruined the punchline on that one. All right, here we go. I'm going to keep going. I, uh, I recently read an article about a school that was trying to support kids uh, who believed like who believed that they were cats, who identified as cats by providing them with litter boxes. Now, I don't know how true this is, okay? But providing a kid with a litter box feels less supportive and a lot more antagonistic to me, <laughs> right? The kid is like, Hey teacher, I'm a cat. And the teacher's like, oh yeah? Shit in the box. <laughs> Later I'm gonna lock you in a room with a mouse and not let you out until you eat it raw. <laughs> the kid's like, I'm no longer a cat. 
Okay, that one works. That was exciting. Um, let's see. I feel like the more so, uh, you know, I, I've been voting Democrat for a while now, and I feel like the more socially progressive Democrats get, the tougher it's going to be to like be credible with Republicans, right? Like we're like, oh, like all these tornadoes are being caused because you're using more plastic bags. And they're like, yeah, coming from the people who think that girls have penises. Okay. <laughs> I think that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. You guys are not giving that joke enough credit. All right. This, this, that's hilarious. All right? This, uh, all right. I'll figure it out. But the idea, the idea is good. All right. Here are the, here are the dumb ones I say for the end. Um, I saw uh, a drunk guy get into his Tesla um, crash it into a pole and then explode. Um, like the car kind of exploded. And um, it was really funny to me uh, because he didn't need to drive the car. <laughs> it could have drove itself. Yeah, see, these are stupid jokes. Um, a lot of people are very negative about sucking dick, but I'm, I'd be much more negative about sucking a thumb. You know, uh, like touch buttons, giving money to the homeless, scratch dick, you know, I... All right, cool. I'm glad I saved those for the end. All right, thanks, guys. Peace out. Jason King, everybody. And that is our show. Thank you very much for coming out. We do this Mondays and Fridays at uh, Mutiny Radio. We have joke work joke workshop on Monday and the happy hour on Fridays. Please come out. Thanks again, everybody. Give it up for Scotto on the board, and thanks. give it up for yourselves for coming out. Things just took over me. Just took over my whole body. So I can't even see no more. I'm calling my black woman a bitch. I'm calling my people's all kinds of things that they not. I'm lost, brother. Can you help me? Can you help me, brother? Please. You see what we did? secure. That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government and its personal as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner.
John Wessex, The Enigma Brokers, is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. Flat black glasses. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, ninety two. On the freeway. I am a and I will cut the Henry! Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineer Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. 
Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff, talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how you can help.
Nation, MutinyRadio.fm, Mutiny Radio. The world's deadliest assassins are already dead. A shadowy group of killers for hire is eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only, September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the Dark Side of the Moon. Ladies and gentlemen, no theme song, no preamble. Go straight to your YouTube search engine and put in Modesty Blaze 1966. Modesty, you don't know how to spell that. Blaze, B-L-A-I-S-E 1966. You'll find the channel I Fly 2. It's the only one you'll find. Modesty, B-L-A-I-S-E 1966. I Fly 2. Press the link, press pause, slide it back to zero, zero, and we're going to do the countdown. No celebrity. No Brumbot. Let's just do it right away. Ready, Michael? Ready, Three, Michael? Three, two, one, go. Hi, Carl. And we're off to the races. Welcome Bye. to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's and- watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Way to go, Carl. Is this, modest- is this Modesty Blaze right here? Yeah, that was Modesty. Well, she is wearing pajamas, so I guess that's why they call her modesty. Yeah, wait, watch how she wakes up in the morning. Beautiful. It's a movie. Look at her. She's in a dress. Her right. Her hair's done. You know, the problem about having, like, a sunken bed is that, like, when you smoke cigarettes, uh-huh. you knock the ashtray right into your bed or, like, uh, <laughs> you know, you smell it. Like, you have to move the ashtray away from your, your pillow. <laughs> You're speaking from experience. Well, I mean... Thick sunken bed and mattress on the ground. They're interchangeable, right? Mm-hmm. It's a futon. Loser ton. It's a loser ton. <laughs> a loser ton. Okay. This is Modesty Blaze, and she was originally a comic strip in the newspaper. And uh I think it was only three years earlier, 1963. It got popular. She's a spy, you know. Is she British? American? This- Vaguely European? This actress is totally Italian, and this is her first movie in which she speaks English. And she does okay. Oh. I know uh, her cousin, Humble Bragg Blaze. <laughs> Humble Bragg Blaze? Yeah. Oh, Terrence Stamp. Okay, turn up the sound because you got to hear their theme song. <laughs> Oh, nice. 
Remember it from the trailer? Yes, the three and a half minute trailer. Now this is the duet of David and Jonathan. They were a pop duo in Britain and they had two top 20 hits in 1966. Is this one of them? No. <laughs> but they got paid and they worked with the Beatles' George Martin and they did Paul McCartney's song, Miguel. They made some money. Fair enough. Dude, I like their harmony, although I think David does a better job than uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Guess what? Neither of them, that's not their names. <laughs> it's not their names. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Show business. That's crazy. Oh, that is crazy. The thing is, if you're going to get a stage name, why would you go with Jonathan? I mean, they must have tested. <laughs> now, somebody said that, like, in the Bible, there was a David and a Jonathan, and they were best of friends. So maybe that's where it comes from. Right. Who let's suspect. Oh, here, here's our songs, Monastery. So we stream live every week on Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. That's where you can catch us first. But you catch us on a podcast. We drop every week. Every Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Sunday. It's a RSS feed, or you go to the search engine, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Facebook yeah. page of Let's Watch Fully. I love That's it, Carl. Keep going. Keep going. Ed? Well, we got the YouTube channel where Carl, our curator, who thinks he's uh, not part of the show, he thinks he's guesting. Oh, they're saying, why should we get Modesty Blaze? We have our best man on it. And then he's going to get totally exploded. <laughs> okay, we'll get Modesty. I recognize him from the Ministry of Ordinary Walks. <laughs> yeah, very boring walk. Oh, hello. Can I help you? Okay, you see this mime? Yeah. So like figure into comedic bits in the beginning until he's like mime killed. He's not like, necessarily a mime. He just whispered into that spy's ear. <laughs> That's right. My kid's trying to be a mime now. Can you believe that shit? My kid is trying to be a mime. He's upstairs in his room practicing his miming. And I was like, I was like, keep it down up there. He's not doing a good job. Keep your miming to a minimum. Well, he's a beginner. Ah, the illusionist. This is the illusionist. He will figure in for a while. Oh, is he like a Batman villain? Ooh, no, yes. he's more like a crony. He's going to work for our villain. Oh, you know what? This is just a bridge too far. This is a bridge British too far. That's funny. Boo, 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 doo. Do, 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 do. Oh, wait, you were doing... National Geographic. Modesty Blaze. Oh, you are doing the theme song. Yeah. Okay, get ready. Brace yourself for a big explosion. This okay. guy's going to get poofed. Uh, is he going to do in Amsterdam? Two. <laughs> the whole building collapses. Yeah. yeah. Now, how much gas do you think was in his tank? That was too big an explosion. Look at that. Uh, not even his hat survives. Well, wow, that's like, away. that's going to be top news. Oh, they have the hat. Yeah, they go, there, this is terrible. We've got to get Modesty Blaze. She'll never come on board. She's retired now. She's a thief, she is. She's always flirted with the criminal. Now, that guy, we saw him in Mesmerized a couple weeks ago. Oh, the Australian film? Yeah, he was the um, butler guy. Remember the butler dude? Right. 
He's like, are you here to hypnotize your... Uh... No, no, no hypnotism. <laughs> Weird movie. Modesty Blaze. His name is Sir Gerald in the film. Sir Gerald. And he's, he had a prominent career. It just was back in the day. This movie always feels like a campy 60s throw, you know, like British throwback. Like, But it was based on that comic strip. So I think it was yeah. British, the strip. Yeah, the strip was definitely British. And the guy who wrote the strip uh, originally wrote the screenplay. And um, only one line of his ends up in the final thing. They had creative differences. You see, Modesty Blaze comic book was a uh, comic strip. It was never right. a book was serious and this is like a spoof like the cinematographer would go on to do casino royale next year it's right it has like, that feeling right james bond was very popular and for a little while there were both other spy films like them or spoofs on them. yeah i saw one that sometimes it's hard to tell if it's going to be like a genuine spy movie or a spoof mm-hmm like you see them on Tubi or whatever, like OSS 119. You go, what is it? Oh, it's got to be a parody. I mean, it's not. It's just straight yeah. up. <laughs> oh, look, a no. picture within the oh. picture. Yes, right. Now, the joke here we're getting is that, you know, Sir Gerald knows everything. And the the guy who's like his minister is like a boob. Uh, what's his name? It kind of doesn't matter what his name is. He's like the head chairperson in charge of bullshit, you know, and he doesn't. This country was founded 15 years ago, 25, governor, 25 years ago. It's like that kind of gag. And also, like, Sir Gerald's always correcting him, but then Modesty will start correcting him. Like, she doesn't need to be briefed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) she's, She's already here, right? That's her? That is her. You see how her hair is brown, a brunette now? Yeah. That will happen throughout the film. In the comic book, she's brunette. In this thing, she's like both brunette and blonde. It's so strange sometimes to see comics when they become movies that they change the tone of the of the comic. Like, as you say, this was like a more of a rip-roaring adventure, serious drama. Yeah. And then they light it on screen, like you know, Dick Tracy, it seems weird, or, or I right. guess it was obsessed with the style, not really uh, the spirit. I don't know if you're so well, it's not necessarily the, the, the 40s comic. No, absolutely, it's not. I guess, uh, Dick Tracy walked into the room like he was walking upon a yacht. Well, that's that the Madonna about- soundtrack. It's what what um Warren Beatty uh, right that song was about. Oh, you're so vain. Right, right. Really? Oh, that's yes. weird. I thought it was about me. Oh, you're so vain, Michael. Okay, so are they going to leave? Like, does he get to play with gadgets before they leave? Like, no. I know. I yeah, that's right. That's where that's our next step, but we don't take it. No. Oh. He does have gadgets though. Okay, so what we're learning is they've got this deal with an oil sheik, and they get like 20% off for the country if they give them $10 million of diamonds every month, like on the side. So they do. And for some reason, that diamond shipment is in jeopardy and threatened. So they have to go to modesty to 
help uh, ensure safe travel of the diamonds, okay? Someone's going to steal them, and his name is Gerard. Now, this is a spy friend named Willie. Oh, look, that's a comic strip. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, because now I I feel like I paid my money's worth. Like, I finally saw the comic strip on the big screen. You'll see it again. She'll actually have the... um, the strip will be on the couch. You'll see. The movie so, Tank Girl does the same thing. It uses cartoon animation from the, the cartoon, the comic. Tank Girl. I think I remember that film. Um, Lori Perry? Yeah, see, she didn't get famous off of that. I mean, that movie was like a tankless job. <laughs> no reward. Look how... When I was born, I brought no joy. No respect, no respect. My old man said he wanted a boy. No respect, no respect. I was an ugly kid, always alone. No respect, no respect. Halloween, I had a trick or treat over the phone. No respect, no respect. Friends don't call, my phone don't ring. I don't get a break with anything. What's the matter, Rodney? Ah, death, where is my sting? It's just rapping, Rodney. Look at this. The drummer carries the melody. 
standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dash to tango, skipped the life and dangle, was her gone prince, to seem to lost her senses, down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell the stories, took the girls back home, she went to the city and got so, so, so diddy, she had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own, don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge, I'm trying not to lose my head, <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under, it's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under, my brother's doing fast on my mother's TV, says she watches too much, it's just not healthy, all my children in the daytime, Dallas at night, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight, the bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not home, got a bum education, double digit inflation, can't take the train to the job, there's a strike at the station, neon King Kong standing on my back, can't stop to turn around, broke my sacroiliac, a mid-range migraine, cancer membrane, sometimes I think I'm going insane, I swear I might hijack a Plane. Don't push me, call I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Cause the teacher's a jerk, he must think I'm a fool And all the kids smoke reefer, I think it'd be cheaper If I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper I dance to the beat, shuffle my feet Wear a shirt and tie and run with the creeps Cause it's all about money, ain't a damn thing funny You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey They pushed that girl in front of the train Took her to the doctor, sold her arm on the game Stabbed that man right in his heart Gave him a transplant for a brand new start. I can't walk through the park, cause it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun, cause they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw, broke my last glass jaw. Hear them say, you want some more living on a seesaw? Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Say what? It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, thugs, pips, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them. <laughs> Smugglers, scramblers. Burglars, gamblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say I'm cool, I'm no 
food, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-void, walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turned stick-up kid, but look what you done did. Got sent up for an eight-year bid. Now your manhood is took, and you're a Maytag. Spend the next two years as an undercover fag being used in the Served like hell to one day you was found hung dead in the cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was cold and your body swung back and forth. But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song of how you live so fast and die so young. So don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> okay. Yo, Mel, you see that girl, man? 